Hello, Line Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Line Cook Thoughts Podcast. On this episode, I get to talk with friend Cole Bailey. Um, for those of you who know me and know Cole, you know we uh, have been friends for quite some time now. Uh, Cole is someone I met in college and ended up uh, being very involved with school with him in terms of being an RA, being on student government, and then, you know, obviously just hanging out, being in the same classes. Cole is someone who I've known for quite some time, and amidst all of this, um, I don't know, the, our industry kind of falling apart right now, or not falling apart, but definitely taking a big hit. I wanted to chat with him uh, because I definitely think he brings a unique perspective to the industry as a whole. He usually tends to make me uh, laugh and see things in a much positive uh, point of view than I originally would have seen them. And so I really hope through this conversation, he does the same for you. Uh, we talk a lot about, we talk at length about the industry we're in right now and what we can kind of look forward to in terms of, you know, what will the role of a chef be like in the next few years? Is it going to be as glamorized as it used to be or with the food industry kind of, you know, taking this hit, is it going to not be as glamorous? Uh, we also talk about restaurants doing to-goes for the next year and, you know, what, what how we've seen, you know, some restaurants kind of adapt and do really awesome things with that. We then get into the idea of, you know, will guests be really like rushing to get back into restaurants in a year with everything going on. Um, and through this all, Cole and I had just have a really, you know, great conversation, I think, in terms of keeping it positive and remaining hopeful. And I think in this time when there's so much uncertainty and there's so much um, negativity that could be put into it, you know, seeing you all, all the cooks listening to this and all the restaurant groups and everyone kind of just pull together and create community amongst staff. I just think that is, um, I just think that is something that is so special. I think it, you know, even now amidst it all, I'm still so honored to be in this industry because unlike other industries, we tend to create community and we tend to create something that is more powerful than just a job. So really looking forward to you all listening to this. Thank you all so much for tuning into these podcasts. I hope they're helping out in some way. Please continue to follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, for more updates and just more inspiration as to why you're in the food industry. And I hope everyone is doing well. I am terribly sorry for all of the positions you are all in right now, but I hope this helps in some way and we're going to get through it together. And I hope this is the start to that. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Cole, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so of course. I mean, so quick backstory: Cole was one of our first guests on the podcast, but I literally was a terrible podcast host, guest question asker, and not good with audio on that first run. So yeah, definitely... no one's ever seen it. <laughs> no. There were so many nuggets of truth in that one. <laughs> there are grassroots. I wanted to give you a crisp audio experience that wasn't 
hampered by my limited knowledge of podcasting. So here we are. So if you just want to introduce yourself to the audience, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. So yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Cole. Uh, I guess I am a food and beverage manager, (laughs) but um, not currently. Um, Yeah, essentially, I got into food and beverage a few years back when I was in high school. I grew up in like central Jersey ish, which by the way, totally does exist. Fight me on it. But uh, I grew up in like sort of like a food desert for a bit. So like your idea of like going out to eat with your family was either like a pizza place or like P.F. Chang's. So I kind of really didn't get exposed <laughs> to too much in Jersey. So I kind of got into food a little bit. Uh, yeah. And I started just going from there. Uh, I did vocational school for a bit in high school. And then that kind of pushed me into my um, college at the Culinary Institute of America. I was there with Ray. Ray Ray DeLucci was one of the first people I met on campus. It was really sweet. He told me about Buffalo. <laughs> Never heard of Buffalo before. <laughs> and yeah, uh, after that point, uh, I got set up a, a food and beverage uh, management position right out of college, and I've been working in hotels since then. And now that's on pause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's on pause, and we'll get that get into that in a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, this podcast is very different than a lot because. A lot of times when I have guests on, it's my first time talking with them or interacting with them. But Cole and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Um, and so I guess what uh, what made you get into the food industry? Like what when did you first realize you'd like to be a part of this wonderful industry we're in? So <laughs> the best story that I have was I was like seven years old and my parents left me alone for like the first time ever. And I was like, mm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like, I just have a home to myself. What am I going to do? I'm hungry because I was a a chubby little kid and I needed to eat every five minutes. So I went into the freezer and this is the stupidest thing ever. I I made a frozen pancake sandwich with chocolate chips in the middle and I microwaved it for like two minutes and it came out perfect, beautiful. Um, And I was like, oh my God, you know, chef's kiss. (laughs) This is going to put me on a beautiful journey. And I kind of just ate that for like a few years, got even more chubby. And then um, I eventually was just like, okay, I like making food. I like the idea of using my hands to create something that I enjoy, you know? So yeah, I kind of just ran with it. You know, it it moved on from chocolate chip pancake sandwiches to Hot Pockets to uh, (laughs) eventually like (laughs) rice and chicken. And then um, when I realized, you know, I really wanted to, like, actually learn how to cook for myself, I uh, went into that vocational school. They kind of came into my um, high school one day, and they're like, hey, do you want to learn how to cook? And I was like, yeah, might as well, you know. Uh, Half of my my day cut off to go to this school, so, you know, I figured I might as well take it. It seems like a pretty solid opportunity. And then, you know, I just loved it ever since, you know. Nice, man. Yeah. Um, And then... What was your, uh, I mean, what made you decide to go to the CIA? Um, Mostly the mentors that I had. Um, The main chef that I had was a lovely man named Gary Lesniak. He was kind of like my mentor when I was in high school. Uh, I didn't work with him like right away. He was like the big top chef of the vocational school. I guess you can call him the executive chef of it. 
Um, but he was always like, you know, like commanding the kitchen whenever I was like in there, because like when I started off, I was pretty much like just in the dining room of the, the school. We had a cute little restaurant in there and, you know, he was just like a larger than life figure that like I really looked up to. And when yeah. I got to work with him, you know, he was not only like, you know, that, that, you know, taller than life figure, but he was also, you know, very commanding he knew what he was talking about and above all else he actually like cared about the people that he was leading and you know i just didn't really see that in my life you know i i had jobs beforehand where people just like yeah do this you know you'll do it whatever you're 16 years old (laughs) shut up and do it (laughs) but he was like yeah this is why you want to do it because like this is what's going to happen you're going to make something awesome if you you know saute like a higher heat rather than just you know low and slow so you know, I, I kind of grew attached to him and I realized that he was a CIA grad and he's like, you know, Cole, you should totally do it. Um, if I also refer you, you get a scholarship. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm broke. So yeah. <laughs> so it was a combination of like a few different things that kind of led me on my track to the culinary and, you know, just hearing other people come in and talk about it as well. I was like, man, there's, there's something going on there. I should totally check it out and kind of yeah. deal with that. Okay. Nice. I mean, Culinary school for I, for me, I loved it. You know, it was a really great experience. Met a lot of cool people like yourself, and really learned and grew as a person. Uh, what was it like for you to go to culinary? First of all, thank you for calling me cool. Uh, second of all, it was phenomenal. I mean, I really didn't do much. Like I, you, you know this about me. Like I didn't really do too much in like my high school career and like stuff before that. I was kind of just like sitting around not doing much and then you know meeting you and like other people like yourself who were just like you know i i want to get out there and like do as much as possible um Mm -hmm. i kind of just like ran with that also you know Uh, i got the busiest i've ever been in my entire life at college and that's because like i loved doing other things other than just you know sticking to school talking to friends and just like you know doing stuff like that you know and you know hanging out with you is like probably you know one of the the best highlights because you kind of like took me along and you know, brought me into like, you know, things like student government, uh, other leadership positions, we kind of became RAs together for a bit. And we kind of like, landed on this parallel track of like, getting behind the people who are also making phenomenal food, you know, it's, it's an institute of like, intense culture. And, you know, seeing the people behind all of that and getting to like develop them and lead them is like a phenomenal experience that honestly just made me better. And, you know, yeah. a lot, honestly. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, the time there was really great. And I agree with you at the same time. It's like never in my life was I more, maybe not more busy, obviously, but more involved or more invested in things. Um, I just think there, if you do it right, you're able to really invest in certain projects and ideas and really move forward. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. I got four hours of sleep like every night back then. And I was just like, yeah, this is totally fine. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I look back at that now. I'm like, you're insane you've lost your mind dude like if i get four hours of sleep now that pretty much guarantees like a 10 hour nap later on in the day it's crazy yeah definitely um yeah man so i mean i i don't know i, I guess i had a structure for this <laughs> conversation uh-huh. um, and we'll go back and forth i guess between school and whatnot but um i don't know man i got i kind of want to get into what's going on now and then I, we, we can circle back because i feel like we're going to talk about things like school and you know career paths and then we're going to keep coming into it and i don't want to like just not talk about it and then come back and forth i feel like addressing now will help us kind of 
get through the conversation. So yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll probably tears now. You know, I'll weep openly for a bit. There'll be like fifteen minutes of dead air, and we'll get back to it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, no, but um, so I guess the reason why I bring up what's going on now is when we were both in culinary school, it was very clear to us that we were in a profession that was never ending. Like yeah. you always would have work. Um, and so when you were deciding to leave school, what was your expectation about where you would be working? Oh gosh, <laughs> this is a perfect time to do this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they really built us up while we were there because like no one really expected this to happen, but you know, the idea of like the culinary industry is that we are always going to be in demand because people are always going to want to eat phenomenal food. They're always going to want, you know, uh, a, a way to like get away from like their everyday life and to celebrate, you know, milestones in life, you know, like wedding anniversaries and graduations and stuff like that. So there's always going to be a place for people like us. And we're always going to be in high demand because it takes a lot of, you know, passion and drive. So yeah, they, they, they spent like the four years that we were there building us up to be like, yeah, you're about to enter a field that not only wants you, but like you are going to thrive in it because you know, you have committed so much time into loving this thing. And then, you know, we kind of got out there and we were doing our thing for a bit. And now, obviously, with everything happening now, that's just like completely shattered, you know, it's and it's it's, it's really sobering, you know, because at this point in time, no one really wants to do that and no one really can do that so it's 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 kind of crushing to go into a field where i'm like yeah they need me and i want to be with them and now it's like nothing no one it's it appears that no one wants us for the time being which you know obviously is heartbreaking crushing it sucks but you know here we are you know yeah man um i mean it's just you know we're in school like like you said like it was just like we had this tremendous job field is tremendous opportunity and obviously yeah. you would never expect anything like this to happen yeah um but for me i think is the biggest the biggest thing that i'm taking away from it is like you know it's i don't know if it's good or it's bad that you know we're both 22 that it's impacting us right now you know like i don't know if it's good because we still have a long time to go or if it's bad because like it's right in the beginning of our career you know what i mean yeah. And we've never like seen anything like this in the food industry. So like we're really in uncharted territory. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, more I'm just like blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So am I, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great story to tell like my future children that, you know, I was unemployed after like working for a year out of college. So like, I have like that high of being like, yeah, I got hired right out of college. But then a year later, I ran out of money and I had to move back in with my parents or something, you know? So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that like I'm young now because I, I still have that pep and I'm scrappy enough to like, you know, figure things out on my own. And I, I guess it's nice to like want to grocery shop again because I was getting all my food from the restaurant. So, you know, there are upsides. I have a full freezer for the first time in like a year. So that's, uh, great <laughs> yeah um i mean so i guess what, did, what were your first thoughts when you started to see everything happen uh and this is why i want a podcast with you because i just want to i feel like your point of view is always you know you obviously it's a tremendously negative situation but you always seem to have a positive side of it and that's why i wanted you on the podcast 
Yeah. So what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts when like like over the last week? Like just walk me through what you've been thinking or what it's been like for you. <laughs> it's great that you say that. My just just to give you an overview, the positive view that I have on things is just due to like an overabundance of like neurosis and anxiety of me like thinking things ahead like five months ago and just being content with that. So <laughs> when I saw this happening like a month ago, that was like my time of panic. Because like, I was like, okay, you know, there's a coronavirus going around, like it's decimating China right now. It doesn't seem like our country is really like prepared for it. They're not really talking about it a lot. And, you know, I was seeing, you know, China shut down the restaurants and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, like if that gets over here, that one kind of suck. And I kind of like had like, like not even, not even a quarter life crisis. And I was like, I am going to lose everything and I am going to have to like stock shelves at a target and like hate my life, you know, no offense to people yeah. who stock shelves at target, but that's not what <laughs> I'm here for. Um, but yeah, so like, I kind of have like, I had that few weeks of like, you know, freaking out about it. And when things started like build and build and build, you know, the, the dialogue, especially in my workplace kind of became like, Hey, this is the thing that's happening. We're going to monitor it, which is like another way of like, Hey, we're planning out worst case scenario right now. Um, be on the lookout. And that kind of, you know, continued to build and build and build. And, you know, while that was happening, I was kind of, you know, preparing my home and my life and my finances to be like, okay, well, you're about to like lose everything because uh, our country is uh, under attack. So yeah, um, when it comes to like the optimism behind it, I think it comes from like an idea of like emotional preparedness, which I think like a lot of people in our industry are, you know, kind of like conditioned for, you know, like when it comes to like high intense, like stressful situations, I feel like line cooks especially have like this weird, dark, sadistic humor behind it where it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're all going to die, but you know, at least we're going to look cool while we're doing it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Except I don't. Um, (laughs) I don't. But yeah, <laughs> it is what it That's is. A good point. That is a good point, though. I didn't, you know, that, I did not think of that. Where it's like, you know, as terrible as this is, maybe I would hope because you know I've seen so many like great efforts come out of this to support each other and you know do social media content and uh, drives for money. Is that for an industry to like have to deal with a tremendous amount of stress? Yeah. You know, are we the best suited for it? Because it's literally our daily lives. You know. Yeah. I I think that might be what we're here for. I think this is like the truest test of like, hey, are you passionate about food? Well, guess what? We're going to take it all away from you. Let's see if you enjoy yourself then, buddy. You know? Yeah. It's, great. it's great that you mentioned like, you know, like reaching out and like supporting the industry because I feel like that's where, you know, there's always going to be that bridge between like connecting like our, our customers and our guests to what we actually do and what the reality is of it. And I feel like now more than ever, we kind of have that opportunity to be like, Hey, like these don't exist anymore. Like these happy places where, you know, we help create memories with you, like don't exist anymore. Like people need to understand that, you know, that we might not be around when this thing is over, you know, most of those places aren't. So like, you know, let's, kind of you know strengthen this let's build it up you know let's let's cross that bridge together and find out you know how we can support it at this time you know yeah i mean i totally agree um and yeah just looking at everything that's going to happen i mean so there's a couple things that i've been thinking about that i wanted to share with you and get your thoughts on oh, okay. um so first off 
the the idea of the scary idea that this thing is yes for right now a lot of places are in two weeks or maybe a month of being shut down but what do you think the general public's going to do after restaurants reopen i mean are people going to go out right away like i just this is my my biggest concern is that even though if business open back up not a lot of people are going to go out to eat yeah and that's like worrisome i mean i i kind of also see it being a mix where it's like oh, we love food so much and we miss it so much. We're just going to like go, go, go. But I also worry that because of us being, you know, not really prepared still to fight this, even though we might, you know, yeah, be better at it than we are now. Like, do you see people like going back to restaurants right away? I, I think there's definitely going to be like a, a part of society that's like, yeah, I'm tired of microwaving chicken breasts. I, I need to go out to a restaurant and like actually eat some food. You know, like you kind of see that mindset now, like those videos are like those spring breakers that are like, I'm not going to let Corona touch me, you know, because like they, they want to hold on to like that semblance of like, you know, normal society before all this. I mean, I, the pessimist in me is like the reality is like we're we're all going to have to kind of take it a step back for, you know, a long while, you know, at least into the summer until, you know, things can sort of build back up to like a sort of normalcy. And at that point, I honestly think it kind of depends on how we can bridge that gap of like the reality of losing restaurants and, you know, what value it brings to our society. Because a lot of people, I, I do believe, kind of take it for granted at some point, you know, because... Yeah. You know, restaurants do open and close a lot, you know. I'm sure people are not, like, foreign to the idea of, like, your favorite, like, Mexican restaurant, like, randomly shutting down out of nowhere, you know. And yeah. now that this is happening, like, a, a larger scale or, you know, what I predict is going to happen on a larger scale. I, I think that people are going to be excited to come back because they are going to miss it. And at that point, people are going to realize, hey – you know, the, we had a lot of great, like, cultures going on, and, you know, they were hurting this entire time, you know? And hopefully that gives them, you know, sort of a value. But, when, you know, when, when it comes down to it, I, I have no idea. I feel like most people, the way that we're going right now, the global economy is on its way into a huge recession right now. People might be, uh, you know, a little bit scared to come back to it, and, you know, that's perfectly acceptable. That's fine. But... Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there's going to be a pocket of people who are excited to, you know, get back to their life again. But I feel like that might be just, you know, us millennials and Gen Zs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Um, my next worry is the, um, the image of the chef. So, I mean, over the years, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it. We learned about it a ton at school, how chefs were laborers who... You know, where it wasn't really an ideal job, and then all of a sudden we're thrust in the limelight with uh, TV personalities and chefs like Wolfgang Puck and Julia Child, and then getting even further um, brought into the you know limelight by like Thomas Keller and uh, Dominique Crenn and chefs really just doing beautiful, beautiful food. And you know, so we have this. We ha I feel like we had such progress in our industry in terms of building it up, making it uh, look great, making people who are chefs look almost like celebrities mm -hmm. and then you you see the whole industry just kind of shut down. Like my worry, my next worry is like, what does this do to the, like the idea of being a chef? Like are people going to be afraid to be in the food industry in terms of like, you know, like how many people are going to go get a bachelor's degree now in food? Like mm -hmm. how many people are going to be like, Oh, I really would love to be a chef. You know, this, I feel like this 
might impact the workforce in terms of who's going to enter the workforce in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I feel like it's going to cast like a little bit of a spotlight on like what it takes to be in the industry. I mean, when it comes down to it, working in the restaurants, it's, you know, it's it's never really been like a guarantee. You know, there's there's never really been like a, a full safety net when it comes to working in restaurants and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, again, I, I just feel like it just goes down to like how much people are educated on the actual industry itself. I feel like if there are people who are out there that have just been curious about the industry and have loved making food and have wanted to make that, you know, a passion, a career, seeing this happen to like a lot of restaurants all over the country and see like what value we could potentially lose, you know, might be enough to kickstart them into being like, you know what, I want to help this industry. I want to make it better. I want to build it up and I want to make sure there's some stability for, you know, when, not if this happens again, you know? So you know, I, I think when it comes to like sheer numbers, yeah, we're, we're most likely going to lose a lot of, you know, prospective people because they're going to see all of these closed restaurants and bars and be like, geez, I don't want to go anywhere near that, you know, but yeah. that'll, you know, leave the way for like more passionate people to be like, no, I want to, I want to commit to this, you know? So, yeah. you know, we, we, we're already, you know, a, a labor force that's kind of dwindling over the years and, you know, you bring up a good point, you know, it, there's, there's a chance that, you know, when we come back from this, it's, it's really not going to work the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to be rough. It's going to be very tough to see. It's going to see, yeah. be very tough to see like what like the restaurants, especially the restaurants who like are, you know, like Michelin rated or, yeah. or fine dining. If like that, you know, you say the economy might be bad and like people might not be able to afford to do that anymore. And that's scary. And that's, you know, you want all aspects of an industry. You don't just want like the, yeah you know, you don't just want one type of restaurant, you want many diverse types of restaurants. And so, I mean, it's just going to be scary. To, for me, it's scary to think of what it's going to be like in like the next two years in terms of what restaurants succeed and what restaurants really can't come back from it. Yeah, well, you tell me podcast, man, what do you think is going to happen after this? <laughs> I, I would hope that I definitely think there's going to be a lot of restaurants that don't make it. Um, if we, if it continues to go longer and longer just by like, you know, just like by sense of being able to pay bills and being able to stay afloat. I mean, you know, we, there's so many chefs right now asking our government to give us relief and, you know, there's loans going out to airlines and everything else, but you know, I'm sure there's going to be some assistance for restaurants, but I really, as usual, don't think that the general, society or the general public grasp what restaurants truly mean to the to the nation and what wendy's is going to be okay so you know rest easy (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's just tough you know like it's tough that to see that like you know like i said i just feel like the rest like restaurants as a whole aren't seen as important as they really are to society and so when you see like a industry that employs more workers than anyone else besides the government it's like you know, why is there not more funding into that? Or why is there not more emphasis on it? And yes, there's been a lot of emphasis from people in the food community, but in terms of, you know, government, I would hope to see more and I hope to see more in the coming days. So I think if we get the proper support mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe we can go somewhat back to normal, but I definitely do think that our view of dining might change for a little bit in terms of what's essential and what's, you know, 
almost theater like and i really hope that it doesn't ha- turn out like that but the more and more our economy goes down i feel like that's the more like i don't know i've never been mm-hmm. in a economy that's been bad you know like we've had the very good luxury of i feel like in at least our teen years until now being in an economy that grew i mean the, our last recession was in 2008 mm-hmm. i mean how old was i then you know like that yeah, wasn't really buying anything. Yeah, man. Like we weren't buying anything then, you know. So we really didn't know what it was like. But you know, through college and now, like the economy has been so good and it's been better than ever that it's just like, you know, yeah, it's tough to kind of see where it's going to go. So yeah. Do you I mean, think that? Sorry to cut you off. Do you think no, restaurants have had a higher importance to society over the last like few decades than you know say before i definitely think so i mean i feel like chefs restaurants as a whole like have definitely had a more of a integral part of society i mean you see it with food getting into media and mm-hmm. how important it is and why like you know like whatever like whether it's a video of thomas keller or grant ackett's on youtube or it's a video of one of those hack videos of how you make like eggs in a hat or something i don't know but you know like no matter what it is people more and more have found food as like this really like important cult thing that they could have in their media and and they can have in their lives as they should yeah um i do think food has been more important Mm -hmm. uh i really do think you know and i think that's a reflection of more and more or better economic status and Mm -hmm. just a better more creative more ability to be creative and be able to you know make things happen i feel like this kind of takes us a step backwards where i don't know how many how much risk chefs will take during this time yeah yeah absolutely and that's that's kind of like my fear right now is that the perception that the government has on restaurants is that we are still a luxury even after like all of these years so they're going to be less inclined to support these people when you know in reality our labor force is improving we're taking more precedent over people's like everyday lives and you know without that we kind of lose a shred of society that's more important now than it was you know let's say 30 40 years ago you know what i mean yeah 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 so i mean it's definitely tough and you know it's just interesting to see and obviously very tough to see you know everyone kind of losing their jobs or coming to the point of that and you know and so like you just you just wonder like what's going to happen in the next year like yeah this isn't i mean of all things i felt like this industry was indestructible in terms of work like yeah. we were talking about labor shortages a couple months ago, and now we're talking about literally not no one being able to find jobs. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting time, but you know, th- there is going to be a way out of this. It's going to you know bounce back at some point, you know, and at at that point, I have I have a strong feeling that you know e- even with that, we're going to be celebrated. You know, there's going to be like a huge blossom for restaurants you know it may not happen right away after you know everything blows over but you know i strongly believe that like as soon as everyone's back to like a sense of normalcy like restaurants are going to explode like every line cook is going to be treated as if they are like a celebrity you know not just the yeah. tv chefs right that's what I'm yeah thinking. i mean i could see it going that way definitely i would think i would hope it goes out in that direction yeah i mean people are realizing now that you know we're more important than they realized you know like they're they're making their own food now and they're realizing oh i don't know how to make chicken <laughs> you know so you know i don't know i don't know hopefully 
hopefully something will come from this and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see that kind of explosion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really hope so too. And, um, I think the, you know, I want to, I guess some positive I've seen out of it is I will start with you is like, I've seen you make kimchi and sauerkraut. What's got, what's gotten into you in terms of fermenting and kind of playing around in that? Yeah, it's mostly uh, depression and anxiety, but um, I've been I've been su- I've been super into pickling now. Uh, I've just been like always kind of like I don't know into the idea of taking things a little bit slower. You know, I I, I realized like right away that like I'm not meant to be like a high volume line cook. That's just really not my thing. I I like taking my time to do things. So I feel like fermentation and curing stuff like that is just kind of like my medium to, you know, work at something and then take a break from it, which is exactly how I live my everyday life. I like to work for a bit and then not do anything. So, uh, yeah, I've just, I've just been kind of rolling with it. Uh, I actually just finished some sauerkraut today. Super hyped for that. I'm probably okay. going to make, I don't know. I think I might make some cider. I don't know. To do yeah. sourdough. Yeah. Yeah. Sauerkraut, kimchi, I got a whole bunch of stuff in my fridge now that I'm just going to put into jars with vinegar and salt and just, you know, call it a day. <laughs> nice. What, um, I mean, dude, kimchi was like so much fun to make for me. I, I failed at my sauerkraut. I don't know what I did wrong, but it like molded at the top. And so How'd I was you like, make it? what's up? How'd you make it? I honestly, I just think it was like, I don't, I was like, what? It was like a year and a half ago. Um, no, you haven't really just with salt and cabbage. And then just rubbing it. I remember rubbing it together a lot and then putting it in the jar. And How long did you leave it in the jar for? I think I left it in for like four to five days and it wasn't, I don't know if I didn't put enough salt in or what, but it just wasn't, it didn't look right. It just kind of looked more, looked more like spoiled cabbage than it did sauerkraut. So you know, the kimchi turned out good. Who knows, you know, maybe you created something beautiful, like a little black mold sauerkraut, you know? Yeah, I discarded it promptly, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I'm going to check it every day now to see if there's anything black at the top of it. I'm shattering a jar against a wall. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's my uh, baby now. Dude, you should definitely do a sourdough starter. That is, like, the most cool thing I've ever done. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like the people who have sourdough starters, like in their like house, like as if like they're treating it like a house plant. I just think that's like so rad, but like, I also am terrible at making bread. So I don't know if I can get to that yet. I think I'm going to try it. I was thinking about it today. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. Like I'm going to have a sourdough starter. I'm going to drink my coffee black. I'm going to get a tattoo sleeve, you know? And I'm going to get a nose piercing. And then I'm going to be that guy. I don't know. I don't think it happened in this quarantine. I don't know. Um, so when I did my sourdough, like it was, I mean, you talk about baking bread. Like I literally had the most like makeshift setup. So like I made the sourdough starter. And then when I made the bread, like I needed to have like water in the oven, like steam. So I literally put like a, just like a little pan of water in there. And like the first bread, I like burned terribly. But then the second bread turned out really nice. Um, and then I had that sourdough started for a while. And then when I had to move, I couldn't bring it with me and it died. So, Oh, God. Rest in peace. Did you bury it? No. I just left it in the fridge. And then my mom found it like 
five weeks later and was like, what the heck is going on in this That'd jar? Cool. Old mom's got it. <laughs> I, shout, I have to shout out my mom for throwing out not one, but two labor intensive uh, products that I made. First was a sourdough starter. Second was I had spent all day making ramen for my crew back at Oliver's. And so I left it in the fridge overnight. It was in a container and because it was there's so much like fat in the chicken broth, it like turned to jello and she didn't know what it was. So she literally just threw out the entire thing of ramen because she thought it was she didn't know what the heck it was. <laughs> Can we and I spent eight hours making it? Because first of all, she did it because she wanted to protect you and she wanted to protect her household and you know, God bless her for that one. But like also your mother is probably one of the the sweetest moms I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and I just, I just wanted to give her her own. Have you thought about doing a podcast with just your mom? She's asked me to do one. Why um, have you said no? <laughs> Are you insane? That's your prime time guest. I know. I have to have her on. Um, we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> make it happen? Yeah. You're going to clear up the schedule for your mom? What? <laughs> She's your mom. She created you, bud. Put her on the no, this is the issue, because if I have her on, and then I have to have my dad on, because they both take credit for getting me into cooking. It was really her, but he thinks he somehow got me into cooking. And so, so I'd have to have them both on, and then this would be an episode of my parents arguing. I don't really think line cook thoughts would be... I don't know. We'll see. That actually might sound like good content right about now. Honestly, it's just hearing your parents talk to each other. Why? You can separate them, you know? Like, you don't... I mean, first of all, I kind of resent the fact that you had to like feel like you had to drag your dad into it. You know, he also played his part. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get him in there. <laughs> so yeah, that's our that's my uh, fermentation story that turned into you telling telling me that my mom needs to be a guest on the podcast. Values, absolutely. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, all right, next up on the agenda. So I think. <laughs> so I mean, what what. When you go back into the workforce, when this all blows over, has you have you has you, your mind changed on what you want to do in the food industry? Have you even thought of maybe getting another skill set in case you don't want to be in the food industry anymore? Oh, you're right. I should probably start building a larger skill portfolio. Oh my god, you brought up such a great point. Uh, yeah, I, I've thought about what I wanted out of the industry, and I feel like it's cast a light on what I valued out of the industry. And I feel like a lot of other people are sharing this. I see it all over Instagram is that, you know, it's, it's kind of been like a call to action to be like, we love serving people and we love making experiences with people, you know, just because they're gone. And just because, you know, our, our workforce is, you know, dwindling, you know, we, we still have realized that we love what we do because we love making experiences for other people. And, you know, when it comes to me personally, I want to chase that, you know, like I want to, you know, get in with, you know, a restaurant or a company or a restaurant group that, you know, sort of values that skill set and values like the idea of like, you know, getting people into your restaurant, caring about them and like blowing their expectations, which, you know, when this all blows over, I mean, I feel like that's going to happen a lot more, you know, I feel like, you know, that's going to take a larger precedent when it comes to restaurants, the, you know, the idea of getting people out there and being like, wow, I'm so glad that I decided to spend my money and stay here of all places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm always chasing that. I'm always trying to chase like a stronger, like food culture. And, you know, now that I have like a solid background and like, you know, 
running a restaurant and other outlets holistically, you know, financially, labor reports, stuff like that. You know, I want to get back down to like the grassroots of like, I want to make people happy and I want to like blow people's minds, you know? Yeah. yeah, When it comes to another skill set, yeah, I got sauerkraut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can run for two miles now without losing my breath. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anything else other than this. I worked at a, a Six Flags for a bit. And I uh, was terrible at it. People would yell at me every day. I think I got spit on once. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, as much, you know, I don't think even with everything going on, I don't see myself doing anything else besides cooking or being in the food industry. Um, It's such a cool industry to be in, even at this time. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, like, even in this, I still feel so honored to be in this industry like look at the community that's come together look at the yeah like it's just you know it's sad but it's not like and it's so crushing to to see but it's not like it's not like everyone's just like giving up you know Mm -hmm. like whether it's a line cook or a celebrity chef i feel like everyone has been had this idea like we're in this together we're going to support each other yeah we're going to get through this and i don't know like i don't know how other industries do when they collapse but i mean to be in an industry where like so much support and so much like has been done just for each other like i don't know like i is there a better industry to be in when things go like south i mean this is the worst of the worst that could happen to us and we're all still there for each other no yeah you're absolutely right you don't see like CEOs and bosses being like, here, donate to my relief fund for our law firm. We really love what we do. We want to get back into it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't see that. You, you really don't. And again, like I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm just seeing like so many posts of people being like, please, I love what I do. Can you please support the people who no longer have jobs? We want to get back to doing what we, we do and we want to get back to doing it with you, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I haven't really seen that. And if you see it, it's, it's, it's usually, you know, more smaller, you know, mom and pop places, you know, than other industries. But when it comes to the restaurant industry as a whole, like when it comes down to it, it's always just been people, you know? So now that like we're hurting a lot, we kind of, you know, get to see that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like so many things, like seeing people do cooking videos, seeing people yeah. write blog posts, like there's so much, I think the biggest positive that we're going to see is that line cooks and people in the food industry in general have so much knowledge and so much of a unique perspective on the world and we're going to see all that shared i hope and so i guess that's one big thing for anyone listening like you know my part i'm trying to do my part with podcasting and sharing on instagram and i know you know you're like even what you're doing with like sharing your sauerkraut and kimchi and like showing people like you know don't just give up like still make something out of what you're doing and like I just think the more we see that, the more we're going to like really appreciate what the cook has to bring to the table in terms of society. Yeah. And that's sauerkraut and that's kimchi folks. Get with it. Definitely. I mean, definitely should get with the sauerkraut and kimchi. Thank Um, you. It's good for your health and it'll last a while. (laughs) My kimchi almost exploded this morning. I almost had like a little bit of a heart attack. Yeah. started leaking a bit. Anyways, we'll talk, I'll I'll talk about this later. Um, I just, I worry about it now. Well, I saw a bucket. There's, there's a brine bucket that I have that you should invest in. It um, it's a bucket with like, um, 
little indents in it. And so there's like a lid. And so you put your kimchi in and then you put that lid on it and you like put a weight on it. And then that bucket's large enough to where if it needs to like breathe, it can, but it keeps everything submerged with that lid inside the bucket. And it's called a brine bucket. I'm pretty sure it's called the brine bucket. That sounds like an alternative rock band. Brine bucket. Yeah. So um, definitely should look into that. Um, What are some, I guess, what are, so what are some things you're really interested, you're interested in right now, obviously fermentation, but what are some things you hope to accomplish food wise over the next few weeks? Or I guess just relating to the food industry. Um, I mean, what I want to accomplish is, you know, kind of bridging that gap. Um, I, I want people to understand like that we have a value, even when society is hurting a lot, you know, um, when it comes down to it, the, the base of society is being able to go out with like your friends and loved ones and get a phenomenal food experience at whatever your favorite place is, you know, whether it's, you know, that Italian place that's owned by like a family or, you know, even like a cafe that you go to with your friends to catch up over the summer or, you know, the ice cream shop that you go to, you know, with your family, you know, all of those have uh, an intense value over, you know, how we are able to, you know, sort of live. And hopefully, you know, with time, I'll be able to, you know, kind of get people to understand that a little bit. What I'm doing in my spare time to kind of, you know, play my part is I'm, I'm trying to get back into farming, um, trying to get, you know, a farmhand position while I'm on furlough to see, you know, if, you know, that industry does need more people. And if I can get back to it, um, I'm, I'm always trying to, to donate. I'm always trying to volunteer my time. Uh, World Central Kitchen, Jose Andres, I'm here in the DMV area. He's doing a phenomenal job. He's repurposing his closed restaurants for uh, uh, food kitchens for, for people who are disenfranchised, who need the food. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that is incredibly admirable. And I, I think that's, you know, really telling of like who we are as, you know, chefs and, you know, food specialists you know we we love the people and even though we are hurting and even though we don't have the money to really support ourselves the way that we should and the way that we were built to be we we still want to feed people and we still feel like that obligation to to really help people you know so yeah i'm gonna see what i can get out of it um i'm trying to volunteer my time now and you know hopefully people will will see and if they don't it is what it is when restaurants come back they'll know it (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. um yeah man uh so kind of you know thinking back to being in college and you know the, you know you talk about like being a farmhand or maybe helping on a farm mm-hmm. um is there anything from i mean i don't know i saw a, po- a memory on facebook today it was like th- th- four years ago uh, i had accepted my externship at lafleur which is like oh, a pretty wow. big thing um you know, what are some things, I guess, that you may have saw in college or you may have picked up in college that you're kind of taking into this time right now? Because I know for me, some things I think I saw in college was obviously that community aspect, but also the idea that you need to put out value in some way to your peers in order to, you know, make a difference. Is there anything from college that you're looking on now or that you've, that maybe you've been reminded of since all this has happened? Yeah, um, it's great that you you brought that up. Uh, I keep on thinking about a job that I had when I was in high school that, you know, kind of moved into my first management position when I was in college. Uh, I used to work at like a local cafe in my my hometown. 
um, really small scale place. We had a cute little garden out there. We just did basic like bistro sandwiches, salads and stuff like that. And uh, I worked with like a small team of people who were, you know, a little bit younger than me. Um, they're, they're all mostly like, you know, high school sophomores and juniors. Um, and, you know, I worked with them for a few years off and on when I was in college. And while I was in college, I was able to get promoted to a management position. And that's when I really like loved the idea of, you know, bridging the gap between back of house and front of house and working with people. Um, it, it wasn't the, the best run place, you know, it, it kind of felt like at times we were an afterthought. And it was very visible from anyone who worked there that it wasn't really going to last forever. And that like impending sense of like, okay, this is futile. This is, you know, us walking towards like an impending doom if we decide to stay here. Uh, it, it, it really brought us together kind of as a team because we realized quickly the people who wanted to work and the people who didn't want to work. And that kind of brought pretty much all of us closer together because we, we decided that, you know, we were going to work harder. We were going to keep this thing breathing. We were going to, you know, have fun while we were doing it, and, you know, kind of, you know, have our own little philosophy when it comes to managing the entire place and that kind of freedom I, I've never really seen before. And I honestly haven't really seen it since then. And that's kind of like a blessing of like a place that's, you know, not doing great. You know, every kind of, every day seems sort of like a victory to you if you're still afloat. And, that's the aspect that I really want to get back to. That's the aspect that I always hone in on is working with a team that has a common goal, you know, and even though you're not always winning, um, taking that day and just being like, man, we like kicked ass, you know, that's yeah. really what I love about food and beverage. You know, I was making sandwiches. I was using pre-cooked chicken to give to people and charging them like $20 for it, you know? <laughs> that, yeah. that that's not what people think of when they're like oh food and beverage you know like you you're a chef right mm. no but that was my best experience there and it's because i was with a phenomenal group of people and we were always working and you know we lived and breathed that place even though you know it didn't always give us that that warmth back and you know looking back at you know that and being like oh i'm not getting any love now <laughs> you know i'm I've just been pushed out of my position and I'm alone now and in my home with my kimchi and my sauerkraut, but I I'm reaching out to like all of these people, all my friends are checking in on me in the industry being like, Hey, you know, this is happening to me. What's happening to you. And being like, Oh my God, it's like this huge camaraderie that's taking place on like a national, even global scale. You know, we're all here for each other and we're all here, here for other people. And that's, Honestly, it's it's bewildering. You just don't see it, you know? It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's something that I hope when, you know, we kind of look back on this time, it, it's not marked by, you know, necessarily a lot of sadness, but a lot of, you know, it was surprised at how we were all supposed to, how we all came together as a community of chefs and cooks and whatever to, you know, whatever you would call, label us all as to um, really help our, help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, what, uh, what do you think, uh, about the idea of the industry for the next year being all to go? I think in tough times, just speaking through a business sense, tough times does, you know, breed a sort of creativity, 
right now we're kind of on our last legs and we're kind of just like shooting out whatever we can to go. I think there's going to be, you know, sort of an advancement when it comes to the ideas of like getting food to go, reducing that kind of contact. That's going to not only like boost the idea of food to go, but also the idea of hospitality still with that, you know, disconnected idea of giving someone a bag of food and saying goodbye, you know? So I, I think with enough time, and it seems like we're going to have that time, people are going to, you know, innovate a little bit more. And I think, you know, we're going to see some cool stuff come out of it. I mean, for instance, like what I've been like super hype about is seeing places like PDT in New York City. They're doing to-go cocktails. And they're not just like, yeah. oh, here's like a gin and tonic to-go, you know. It's, it's still like their classic PDT cocktails, but it's in like a batch setting. And these people are still working on it and they're still creating new cocktails for it. And, you know, I, I think with time, we're going to see, you know, more advancements like that, more thought put into it. So it's not just like, here's a bag of food. Goodbye. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I mean, you know, we're, that was already 50 minutes of us you know, chatting about the industry. Um, is there anything else you want to get, get into, or is there any other topics on your mind right now? Um, no, mostly the unemployment thing is kind of ringing. So (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. I mean, I I don't know, Uh, just to wrap it up, you know, it's hopefully, you know, with more episodes like mine that you're going to put out, Ray, you, you kind of see like, even before that, there was always a sense of camaraderie. There's always going to be people who are looking out for each other in this industry. It's a rare industry to want to get into and truly love. And that's going to shine true. Everyone's hurting. And hopefully people are going to realize that if we hurt for too long, we're not going to be able to create memories with other people. You know? Dang. That was, that's so true, man. That is really true. Um, well, Cole, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I don't know if you want to, if there's anything you want to promote in terms of your social media or where people can follow you at and see yeah, the recipe. So I started off with the cabbage and I salted that for about an hour. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Cole underscore Bailey. Um, that's kind of it. Follow, <laughs> you can follow me <laughs> on Facebook. It's Cole with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I I think I'm going to need that now. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me, Ray. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for this continued support for Line Cook Thoughts. And I was really happy to kind of give you this hour or this time to just actually, you know, me and you sit down and talk and actually have it be good audio and not off my phone, off of an app that cuts out every two seconds. So thanks for coming back on. All right. Thank you, Cole. All right. Of course.